You're listening to Baby Boomer's Guide to Life in the 21st Century with me, Lex Marinos, and of course, Patricia, today we're stepping out in Melbourne to meet Geraldine Butler. Uh, We're not going to a radio station, instead we're going to a resource centre, the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre. The centre, founded by Con Karapaniotidis as a TAFE project in 2001, is now Australia's largest human rights organisation supports some 7,000 people seeking asylum each year. We're delighted to have one of the great volunteers with us today, Geraldine Butler. She's one of the 1,000 Asylum Seeker Resource Centre volunteers. Geraldine, thanks for joining us. How long have you been working at the centre? Oh, I've been there about seven and a half years now. Yeah. And how did Con talk you into that? Uh, I think I've sort of been very aware of the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre. Um, one of my jobs in the in the past is was I worked at uh, the Australian Catholic University and I worked in the social justice with the students. So I got introduced to, physically introduced to ASRC when they were in West Melbourne. So with the students and myself, we would organise not only food drives, but also help support them sort of build the little kitchen that they had out there. And then also to take the students down there to share lunch with them. So it became sort of more real for them um, rather than just doing um, a donation, um, which for me isn't really what it's about. I'm sure your work is involved at the centre. Just what is your role or roles? What are your roles? Sure. Well, I came to ASRC in between jobs and so I was looking something to uh, use my time better with. Um, and my background is teaching, so I went down there because I had a schools program um, and I uh, met a fantastic woman called Jen Clark and we had a great conversation then it led to that I joined the schools program, which was fantastic because we not only had conversations with students within the centre, we also went out to school. So I found that a very exciting time. Um, then that evolved again and we went back into the university sector to work on advocacy. So the schools program has changed. And so then I moved into fundraising because I've got the bit of the gift of the gab. So it was easy for me to uh, to make phone calls to, to people who have donated. So mm. it's been great. And I'm also part of Food Bank. It's a fantastic uh project and it's it's you've outlined the development of it and how it's it's grown over the years and i know con has received um all sorts of recognition for it as well hasn't he yes no he's he's amazing he's very charismatic as everyone knows oh he's uh, greek <laughs> i know i thought you said the his surname so fantastically <laughs> <laughs> we all struggle with that <laughs> no it's very clear to me the stories you hear the situations that people tell you about, they're both sad and happy. I, I, I can't imagine what it's like your everyday listening. How do you cope? Uh, at, look, uh, I get much more out of it than um, I think we get, or I give to them. Um, they're amazingly resilient people. I don't mm. understand how they can do what they do. Um, they're grateful for anything and, you know, that old Australian thing about they're trying to take our jobs is such a furphy mm. because uh, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> they give back and we've seen that a lot now in the centre. Uh, as time's gone on, unfortunately, we're still going 21 years later, much to our sadness in lots of ways, mm. but 
we have a lot of the people who are uh, with lived experience now working not only in our food bank, they work as um, speakers in the schools telling about their lived experiences. Um, you know, they give back. It's unbelievable, you know, and so talented. Geraldine, the range of needs must be quite um, exhaustive. I mean, we're talking about, in a basic sense, food and shelter, but but clearly there are needs that go beyond that as well. Well, absolutely, because um, the first port of call when they come is called the GAP program, which is the um, the access program, um, and that's when caseworkers and social workers ascertain the needs and whether that you know they're not in other organisations, so we don't like to double dip. Um, And then it's things like the first thing is just we have two floors at ASRC and we call the first one, um, it's the survival one. It's survive and then we go down to the thrive, which is the innovation hub. So in the survive one is the gap. It's meeting the very first needs that they have, like food, you know, going into our food bank and taking just basic groceries just to set themselves up. Um, looking at accommodation, uh, things like uh, Mikey cards, phones, all those sort of basic things that we just take for granted. So, and then they're usually then referred to uh, a caseworker and then on to legal. And also, um, we have a fantastic health centre. So, a lot of them aren't vaccinated, they can't get access to drugs because they don't have access to Medicare. So, yeah, and they're hidden. And that's the sad thing, I believe. And it's a great um, network of of volunteers uh, like yourself, but also including, as you say, uh, lawyers, doctors, mm. healthcare workers, psychologists. Yep, everyone volunteers. It's a, it's a great, um, it's really inspirational network that uh, that has been built up. And I have to say, you know, if Con is very pre-COVID, and everything's pre-COVID, but pre-COVID, he would meet every morning at 10 o'clock with the volunteers and give a briefing, Gosh. And, which to me was just incredibly respectful of us um, but also kept us in the loop um, mm. and he would give us an update on what's going on, where, you know, the numbers, whatever, where things were at in the uh, political field, um, which I felt was one of the best things he ever did for us. But he always, always, always said the organisation couldn't exist without the volunteers because we're worth, you know, the money that they don't have. How old are some of the asylum seekers? Young, old? Oh, they vary. Yeah, a lot of them are. Yeah, a lot of them are families now, um, especially since two thousand and thirteen. Um, then there were young men. There's a lot of young men here. Mm. Um, my husband works. He also works at ASRC. He's a social worker and he works in the GAP program. So. He sees a lot of people who are young men who came out to, you know, well, they came out because they had to come out, but also hoping to find a better life here. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that some of the um, some of the volunteers, but also some of the, the asylum seekers who've been through the centre have ended up in community radio and have done programs mm-hmm. on some of these stations in Melbourne. They have, and that's the great thing. I think the thing is it's very much the philosophy behind it is about empowering. It's not doing to, but giving them the skills so that they can get jobs. So our innovation hub, which which is downstairs, offers English classes. Um, They also have 
We have social enterprises like we have a fabulous catering service. So if you ever want to use it, please look it up. Um, the food is amazing and that, again, is cooked by um, a lot of our volunteers. Mm. We also have a cleaning service and that is fantastic. Um, again, again, it's skilling people up so that then they've got something on their resume to go out. We also have people teaching them about, you know, how to write a resume, how to have they have mock interviews. We work a lot with business groups and um, VU University and places like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, there's a lot of people involved in um, helping these people um, be able to contribute, which is what they want to do in our community once they, they ever get visas. And, Geraldine, before we go... Um I'm sure you always need volunteers. How is it best that people uh, in Melbourne or around Melbourne or close by can help? What uh, what sort of help do you need? Well, we're we're desperate for volunteers, really, at the moment. Like every organisation is since COVID, um, a lot of our volunteers are a mixture, which I adore, the young ones um, and the old ones, which is I think is where it's been fantastic for me to really sort of be in that sort of community. But we have lost a lot of the older um, people because of COVID. So if they apply on our website, and there's a very um, thorough screening that we do go through these days, um, but, yes, always looking always looking for volunteers. And it's a fun place to be. It's full of – it's a real community. That's what I absolutely adore most of all. I imagine you make lots of new friends all the time. I- I have, Patricia, and that's the other thing that's the biggest, but that's why I say I get more out of it. I've made great friends with staff, the the people there and, and the volunteers, and we have a lot of fun and, we yeah, it's it's terrific. I look forward to it every week. Well, I can tell you that we here at Baby Boomers, we admire you so much and yeah. thank people like you, you know. You're just what would they do without you and what would we do without you? So thank you, Jezza. Thank you. Yeah, good on you, on you Jezza. Oh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> thank please, you. Uh, please pass on our uh, admiration and, and uh, congratulations thanks. to Con. No worries. Thanks for having me. See you. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye, Geraldine.